Dude, good to be back after the holiday. Got some uh, sickness, niggles out. I think both of us are back to training. So uh, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, it's nice to be mid-January and uh, building momentum. 100%, man. So I think like we were talking a little bit before the call and something I'd love to jump into is, I call it like how to set yourself apart as a founder. Um, I think you're like, so to give everyone some context, we were jamming pretty heavily on, okay, like what is the future of NFTs? And Keegan had a really good thought about how do you use those for funding, for raising, for really giving people shares in a company, um, which I completely agree with. And then like, I think if you want to expand on that, I think that the second part of that is like, whenever you look at a company you're going to invest in, um, for me at least, and I think for a lot of people, the founder is at the heart of that. And I think like you as the founder of your business and as like eventually your NFT project, if you should, like, should open one after listening to this down the road, like people are going to evaluate you on your ability to create and display value and the integrity you have within that. So I kind of like would love to talk about how to set yourself apart with that. And then how do you start to do like once you build that reputation, start to bring people in to say like, hey, I've got this cool project. I'm starting this cool company. I'm willing to give out a percentage of my company for your stake and interest, like, what do you think? Yeah, like, you know, we've been having this discussion and when I first looked at NFTs, it was like, I, I, you know, I can't sleep. I can't think about anything else. This is so exciting. This is, this is so powerful, so disruptive. Maybe like a lot of people have when they first saw Bitcoin or, you know, when they first started to um, even understand like YouTube and information sharing, it's like, well, what's that going to mean for media? Uh, this this isn't one of those things where it's like business is is going to change and this this changes community you know relationships branding loyalty all of this stuff is going to change with NFTs but the things it's probably not going to change right now and the nuance of the discussion of like is this just all NFTs are all NFTs good no like that's that's important to to look at as well. The, the real use that I see, the real, like the big thing of the next phase, yeah, they're going to be these cool trendy projects that kind of come out of nothing and just, and, and go viral. I think trying to pick them is like trying to pick penny stocks in, you know, in, in mining or whatever. Like it's, it's a real luck of the draw thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's very risky on the other side companies have existed for a long time. There's a barrier to invest in companies where you're meant to have like in, in the U S there, there's regulations where, you know, you're meant to have a million dollars, you know, of, of worth before you can invest in startups and things like that. NFT should dismantle that barrier where anyone can say, yeah, this guy's got it. I'm going to invest mm-hmm. here and, and like, let's make this happen. So the good, you know, a good example topical at the moment is Ben Patrick going on Joe Rogan. If Ben Patrick did happen to need a lot of infrastructure to do what he's done, then in 2018, 2019, when I started raving about, you know, this is really important, we could have raised that money to have that infrastructure to do what he's done now. Now, he's in an industry where you don't necessarily need a bunch of startup capital, but that is like a clear use case where you see something early, you jump on it, you support it, and then he, he could have had built into that structure. Like if that was 10 years from now and, mm-hmm. and there was like a, a buy-in, if it wasn't the time where you could get all sorts of free advertising on, on Facebook, then I could see that would be that would be what would happen, you know. And I can already see, you know, other guys who want to be the next Ben Patrick here in my community, and they want some startup funding for projects that they're doing. And it looks like, yeah, just you know, that that is literally an option. Like pledge ten percent of your future income for the rest of your career to a hundred people and raise that money that you need right now to get yourself to the next level. 
the thing is that that's not that's not really legal yet in the US. That's not like an accepted business structure, and people aren't really used to it. Um, if if you say that you're going to pledge future income to someone, then that that becomes like a financial instrument, and, and blah, blah blah. I'm not in the US, and you know I don't know what the implications are for people who don't plan to do business in the US. You know, does it does that? But ultimately, like the way the US is dealing with this stuff is going to dictate a large part of what the Western world does in the, in the same you know, way that it does with crypto. So uh, I think, you know, we need to, we need to see what's going to happen um, with all that to really unleash the true benefits of NFTs. The honeymoon period for art projects um, is probably still not over where people say, Oh, like there's 60,000 people on the discord. I'm, I'm going to buy this thing and, and see what happens. Like I'm going to roll the dice with, you know, 0.1 ETH, that that honeymoon period is still going to go on for, for quite some time because most people haven't seen NFTs yet. You know, they haven't bought their first NFT. So that opportunity for new people who are like, oh, NFTs, this looks cool. I'm going to buy one. Oh, like this, you know, it takes some time to figure out that, you know, how people set up those kinds of projects um, and, and the kind of problems with those projects. But there's, there's, you know, there's different conversations here going on around, you know, what an NFT is and what the benefit will be to the business owner, what the benefit will be to those who recognize potential early in others. And I'm still just as excited about the space, but I can see that, you know, there's, there's a long way to go. Like this is still the very early visionary phase where people think, you know, the internet is, is a fad or, you know, smartphones are a fad that nobody really needs one. You know, we're in that stage with the, with the NFT. Like what, why would, why would anyone need one of those? Yeah. But I think you hit on two really interesting things there. Two very funny stories for me. One penny stocks. Uh, if anyone on this call has had their experience with penny stocks, when weed was looking to be legalized, in the US circa 2013, about a ton of penny stocks based on a guy who was like pumping them on Twitter, very poor investment like decision by me. And then like they like spiked up and I was like, okay, cool. These things are going to go to the moon. And then they promptly returned back down to earth and like trickle, trickle, trickle. So I was like, well, I've lost Like I didn't put a ton in, but I was like, I've lost enough money that I was like, I might as well just sit, like, sit with it and see if it bounces back up. Uh, based on like where marijuana goes in the US. Uh, and then I completely forgot about it. I got a letter in the mail from, I believe it was Charles Schwab um, a month ago saying they were going to close down my account because uh, I hadn't touched it in almost a decade. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much is in there. Uh, and I put it in like $1,000 and my net balance at penny stocks was $3.10. But and I, and I tell you that because I think that when you look at the art side of the market right now, like that happened over a decade. I think you were going to see as more and more people get into stuff and more and more stuff gets pumped up. And I think more and more people are looking at this just as a proxy for like, how do I make a quick buck? Uh, please like use my story as kind of like a proxy there because like that could totally happen to you you could buy something at for like, we'll just say like an ETH or two or three ETH. And that thing could go down to 0.1 ETH overnight, really just based on like how other people are moving with that. So like whenever you're evaluating a project, like I know we beat this dead horse and I'm going to continue to beat it. Like it needs to be a project that you believe in long-term. And I think that for me, when you talked about Ben Patrick, like that comes down to the founder. 
like I think human beings are super special in the sense that like you can look at another human being, you can see what they're doing, you get this sense of like that person is capable, even if they're not displaying full qualities right now, of being someone big. Like Ben Patrick, circa 2018, was not the knees over toes guy he is now. He hadn't been on all the major media podcasts and really like spread this mass influence over like how to fix your knees. He was a guy who I think had a lot of the tools to do that, but he was still building on his journey to become the person he is now. But like he said, if you develop the skill to either one, become that person, uh, which I think is like kind of the cool part about where we're at right now. Like I don't think the technology is exactly there where you can start to leverage things legally, but you can listen to something like this and say, okay, like if I know this is coming, because it is, how do I start to become Ben Patrick 2017, 2016, 2018 to become the person that like when the opportunity is there, I'm able to take advantage of it. Because there are going to be a ton of people who like they see the rumblings of Bitcoin. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Bitcoin NFTs and like very cool, cool. And then they're just going to sit and wait for it to become this mainstream thing. Like you always want to dig the well before you need the water. So you had the... Yeah, that's the thing with the C, the CBD and the you know all the marijuana stocks. Like you were right, you just didn't have the the information of who you know you didn't have the good information. Like people are right of like yeah, crypto is going to be huge. Like there's a really good chance anyone who thought that between you know 2011 and now, like they were right, but that doesn't mean they made money. That doesn't mean they didn't buy in the ICOs that blew up. It doesn't mean they didn't buy at the top of the market in 2017. So. You can yep. be right and still be wrong. Like you were right about marijuana and, and, and the, you know, the CBD products and stuff like that's a huge industry. But if you don't get the right, um, you know, the details matter. And I think the details matter very, very, very much so in NFTs where you can just pop up a project, you know, make tens of millions of dollars and then just disappear with these, you know, mm. anonymous projects. And that's happened and happening over and over and over again. Um, and that's why what you say when, when there is actually a founder, then it's on that person for like, hey, like they're making a commitment on their reputation for the future. So I think it's very, very different when it's when it's someone and someone who already has a brand and has an audience. If they launch an NFT, they can't necessarily pledge a percentage of their profits to the to the audience and, and things like that. I mean, it is happening in some projects and you know it's just it's just a gray area. Like we're not certain about how all this unfolds. Um but even without going into the details of that structure, you know, Gary V, as, as you know, we he has to get a mention in this podcast, but he's um, he's basically said that, he, you know, he, he wants to give some degree of his future, you know, income royalties to to his V friends. So whether mm -hmm. that's 1% and it's like, you know, distributed in what, whatever way, like who knows what that actually looks like in terms of um, dollars and distributions, but, you know, he's already he's putting out there of like, you know, this is likely to happen in six years from now. Um, and so that's the opportunity for the content creator, for the business owner uh, and for people who, who are looking at NFTs of like, well, you know, maybe this guy is going to give something back to us. Maybe he's going to continue to give back to us. Um, maybe it's not going to start for 10 years, but I can get this thing cheap now. I think this guy's going to be around for the next 10 years. Like these are the bets that, we can make uh, at, at the moment. And um, yeah, for me, it's not necessarily like, it's not just that you're trying to cash in on someone else's work. Like, I don't know if you heard the Ben Patrick podcast yet, but they were talking about Shark Tank and uh, on Rogan. 
Uh, they were talking about Shark Tank and, you know, Rogan could be a, a startup investor. He just doesn't want to be a startup investor. Like, you know, he could he could take a cut of everyone's business who comes on his podcast because he knows he's putting millions of dollars in, in anyone who goes on his podcast's pocket if they have a business where people can easily go and purchase something. Yeah. Um, but he's not interested. That's not the direction he's going in. It's not what Ben Patrick's interested in. But there are people who are interested in seeing, okay, like I, I want to see this person grow. It's not just the thing of like, uh, can I profit off this? It's like, yeah. it's it's also like we were t- we had another one uh, podcast talking about NFTs and music. It's like if I can help this person to actually become that, then I'm invested in in that progression as well. Um, you know, providing support to the person so that they progress faster. And and anyone who gets their NFT out maybe that actually makes all the difference in your career because you have an extra few hundred or few thousand people who support your work, who retweet your stuff, who give you feedback, who give you ideas because they want to see you succeed. So it's not just the thing of like, it's not just a monetary um, you know, thing. It's, it's like you, you kind of deepen the relationship, I guess. So they're not just like an Instagram follower, they're an NFT holder of yours. And so they feel like they're part of your thing you feel more responsibility to them. Maybe you show up better each day. Maybe you create more content. You know, maybe you receive more feedback. Like, it's not just a financial thing, and it's not. It's not just about getting rich off someone else's work. It's like creating more business codependence sooner in a way that hasn't really existed before. When you just subscribe to someone's product, or you know, you you, you follow them. Like, it's it's just, it's a different kind of relationship that I think will have a really positive impact on helping people to be more creative and, and follow, you know, follow the dream, follow their ambition. Um, everyone, wants to, everyone wants to see more people doing that. The question is just, uh, is, is around the, you know, the mechanisms to support that. And that, that's why, you know, it's so exciting to me, this space. Yeah. Well, I, like, the interesting thing when you say that, the big things that come up to me are not the technical specs, like it's character traits on both sides. So I think like as an investor and as a founder, so as an investor, I think you have to have a character trait of, I think, kindness. And that's really just giving without expectation. Like you were giving somebody an opportunity based on your capital to achieve a vision that like they've set out and like you believe in. But if you tie your stake and worth to this particular person, like succeeding or failing, um, it makes startup investing extremely stressful. And that's why like a lot of people don't do it. Uh, Tim Ferriss was wildly successful at this and like arguably could have like kept doing that. But there's a lot of stress that comes around, like one, vetting the project. Number two, like how much do you invest? Number three, like what is that investment doing? So I think that like as you look to invest in NFT projects in the future, uh, and we'll cover kind of the founder part of it, it's really important that you're giving because you want to see these projects succeed. Yes, there's going to be a monetary benefit. Uh, and there's always a benefit to those who take on accountability and risk. Like Naval talks about this a ton to where like big accountability, big opportunity. But like with that is a lot of risk of there's a good chance that like this could not pan out. Um, I think 10% of you look at VC firms, like they're relying on 10% of the startups they invest in to cover the remaining 90% that are likely going to fail. But it's worth it enough for the opportunity to see the idea through, to see the ability to have a big impact on somebody else, um, to put forth those, that capital. But you can't be permanently tied to that capital. 
and invest anything, you can't be willing to lose. So that's kind of like on the investor investment side. And on the founder side, I'm kind of curious with like what you saw in Ben Patrick. I think he's a really good proxy for this example. Um, when I say when you're looking at a founder, I look for three really big qualities. Number one is do they have a vision? And like, how are they approaching this? That's like different than what it's being solved right now. If they're trying to solve something in like a very iterative or minute fashion, it's probably not a big enough vision for you to like give up capital and invest in because like another company's going to come around and do that. I think number two, and probably the biggest is integrity. Like, is this person going to stick with the project? Are they good for this? And are they going to keep their word and everything? Like, you don't want to like, and you can look at this by somebody's previous actions. I'm guessing the person that like took $10 million and just like parked it and run with it. Like that is not the first time that person has demonstrated that. Maybe they changed the scale of that lack of integrity. And I think number three is execution. And with execution, you're not looking for, this person doesn't have to have their all-star like quality work right now, but they need to have a pattern of saying something and doing something and following through for that. Like if you have vision, if you have integrity and you have execution, even if you haven't done those things right now, it creates an amazing ability to see potential in that person that like, that's a founder I can bet on. They have these key qualities and they're really going to drive this thing forward. So I think like when you look at that from a character trait standpoint of the investor itself and the founder, like what did you see in Ben from a founder side that was really important? And then on the investor side, like what do you think is important for somebody to embody so they don't like invest a ton of money, go flat broke, and then end up super bitter about this for things going to happen to a lot of people? Yeah, so with Ben, like the thing that I saw like the technical knowledge part was, was key. Um, like for me, I'm looking for a new knowledge. Like, is there something, is there a new perspective here? Is there, is there something innovative? Um, and I could see with him, okay. Yeah. Like this is, this hasn't been put forward in this way before It's getting results that haven't you know been achieved before. Um, and you could see that he was living it in terms of his actions. Uh, like his own story is phenomenal. You know, you hear the, you see the, he didn't know if he could, you know, don't know if he's ever touched the ring before to throwing down these dunks. Like yeah. it's very dramatic, you know, the, that transformation that he'd been through. And it's a lot of people's dream to dunk and to, you know, to hang on the ring. And it's something that almost every kid, you know, plays with at some stage. So it's, it's very like tangible and visible and, um, but, it, you know, that, that story was very powerful and, and he'd done it and there was new knowledge. But the, the other thing that was soon very clear was like this guy is not wired like most of us um, in terms of the consistency that he was, you know, putting out and the energy that he brought to what he did. Like he hasn't missed a day since I met him. Like literally he hasn't missed a day online in any, any conversation that we've had. Um, he has not missed a day. Like and in most days that's that's like you know, hours and hours, several, you know, like chains of conversation to the coaches group, um, new posts that have tons of editing. It's just very, very uncommon to see that kind of output and consistency. And I could see that early on of like just unstoppable enthusiasm. That's extremely mm -hmm. rare. And uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's been there every day, every day since then you could see it, you know, in the preparation that he put in for the Rogan podcast and, yeah, it's it's super challenging to to be around someone like that and see you know that level of consistency. I mean, even Rogan, I think a lot of people who watch Rogan, it's like, man, this guy's been just hitting these podcasts like 
how often is he recording these things and you know how consistent is he with this like they're preparing for each podcast like i always i often wonder about you know like how does he get his head around like all these different styles of guests and he has the podcast where he's kind of getting drunk and smoking weed and whatever <laughs> and then he has these other ones that are like serious political you know conversations and he's you know he's this guy who's just able to adapt to all these situations and i think um yeah it's like that that trait of of that uh, consistent uh, effort and and looking for that uh, uncommon ability to to continue to show up i think is is a huge huge thing um, that together with his new knowledge was like this is this is going to be really important but i i couldn't have you know foreseen i think don't think anyone could see that you know how big this would go as as quickly and uh you know i do think that it's, it's really it is changing the way the world trains like there are very few coaches mm-hmm. now who haven't been challenged by you know the the ideas and the method and not everybody accepts it but it's like everybody is at least posing themselves the question of is this is this a better way to train um so yeah i think how do you become that sort of person is is like the challenge that i pose to myself like i'm not that that kind of person like i have more bad days and and i miss stuff and i'm not as organized and you know i don't i don't get the same um effort into into like posting and consistency on, on instagram stuff and that's you know that is 99 of us when we compare ourselves against um what ben's doing but the challenge is you know are you doing it better than you used to do it is you know are you moving things in a good direction are you excited about the direction things are going in because if all that's happening then then i think you're winning and and eventually you know things get better and, and life has been getting better um and, and results have been getting better you know for me and for a lot of people that that I'm, you know, interacting with. And so that's, you know, I think that's the the key metric. Um, yeah. If you know, for anyone who wants to be the founder, like that's the, that's the thing is like, you're not going to be Ben, but you know, look at the people you look up to and see, okay, what do they, what do they have? How do I get myself uh, a little bit closer to that in, in my own way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Ben and Rogan are such a good example because when you look at a founder, like, you want someone at the level of focus. Like Ben has explicitly said, like he's trying to go as deep as possible in the problem he's solving. He's like not interested in doing a lot of the stuff you do for ATG for coaches. Um, he's really kind of got this, this narrow lane and he's staying in it. And I think when you have that level of focus, it allows you to do a few things. One, Kobe Bryant had a really good quote on this uh, that he said, like, to me, like, the world is my library and I applied all of that to basketball. So like for Kobe, like being the best basketball player of all time was his singular focus. And like in doing so, you can start to pull solutions from everywhere and apply that to your craft. It's the same thing with Ben and the knees over toast stuff where you can start to pull solutions from nature. You can start to pull solutions from biomechanics. You can start to pull solutions from anywhere and everywhere and integrate that into your solution. And I think when you're looking for somebody, you want that level of focus because it's really hard to solve these problems. And like outside of a few people in the world, probably Elon Musk and like Jeff Bezos to demonstrate this, to like pour this across like multiple domains, like you have to respect that the problem you're solving is likely going to be very hard. And to think you are going to be able to solve that problem and be best in class or best in the world by not diverting all of your attention into that is a fool's errand. 
So like when you look at people that are like, yeah, like I do crypto and I do real estate and I'm also trying to start a company and I'm, I have like seven income streams and like smart passive income, like that's what's up. Like, yeah, that like it works to a certain level of success, but you're never going to be best in class as the person who says and like has a stake. This is the problem I'm trying to solve. I am going all in on this. Like Ben doesn't even like do entertain. Like he did like zero entertainment last year um to do this and like those are the people that i think if you can display that level of focus like that's how you get ahead rogan same thing for podcasting like podcasting is, is his thing and like the more you stay in your lane and even with the investing stuff the less you diverge from that the deeper you can get the more your actions are going to compound and the more exponential your growth is going to become yeah the ben's ability to focus on on knees and remain on knees uh when he's solved a lot of other physical problems, the thing is that there are a lot of other messages. And even though everybody thinks or it looks on some level as though the conversation is about knees, it's actually, it's not all about knees. And, and, and for the you know coaches who are tuned in or people who are really tuned in, that, you know, there are a lot of other messages there about how to live and um, you know, all, all sorts of things that, that he will discuss. And I think that the Rogan podcast, it was a good example of that. You know, they did a good job on diet. They did a good job on mainstream education, on success, on kind of like challenging the status quo. There, there were a lot of themes there that they touched on that were like super powerful. Um, you got to be yourself as well. That's the thing. Like not everybody is going to be happy being like, I'm going to be the person who designs the best mousetrap in the world. And the only thing I'm ever going to think about is mousetraps. If that's going to make you extremely miserable, then you're not actually even going to achieve that. And, and life, life is not going to be cool. Like Rogan is probably the most diverse guy in some ways as well. And he, you know, he says, I wish I wasn't interested in so many things. You know, he has uh, Alex Jones on his podcast and, and he's mm. able to, you know, he's like, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. I know about that. And, and he, you know, and he's able to have the polit politicians on there and he's able to have, you know, sports trainers and athletes and comedians and, and, you know, this, so he's able to go in so many directions and that is also his, his strength is that he, he does have a very broad knowledge. Now it depends on the challenge that you're trying to solve for Kobe, you know, it's okay. Well, how does this relate to my basketball for Ben? It's how does this relate to my knees? I've always been excited about seeing coaches go to another level and, and um, get their message out to the world and find the courage to actually experience what it is that they want to teach other people working with coaches is not the same as working with knees. You can't just present coaches with, okay, this is how it's done and they go and do it. You know, every coach is going to want to do their own thing in their own way and, and they're going to need to express you know, their own truth and they're going to need to live that. So how, you know, how do you help a coach to be successful? And a coach has to organize their finances, whether they like it or not. They have to mm -hmm. eat something. They have to, um, you know, uh, deliver information and they have to, you know, they have to organize thoughts and ideas in their head. They have to train themselves. So as much as we can like talk about specialization and, and dream about and think about it, we all still have to live the, we have to live the whole spectrum. If you, you know, if you're great at um, teaching people weightlifting, but you're, you know, you can't organize other areas of your life, then it's eventually it's going to impact as well. So that's, mm -hmm. um, we, we each have our message. And when you, the thing is when you go at it from the perspective of I'm going to help everyone with everything, then it's, it's not very marketable. Um, and that, yeah. that's kind of the, the mistake that we can fall into. Like, I think that's where you see that it's really powerful with Ben and with, and with Rogan is like, there's a specific sort of um, target here that's being hit. And, and then that opens up the conversation or the, you know, to look at it every other, 
every other kind of aspect of it. Um, so ultimately, like whether we're talking about NFTs or whether we're talking about just traditional business, it still comes back to, you know, how do I become more valuable? Mm-hmm. And for those who are looking from the outside, maybe the, the possibility is going to come where you can play a bigger part in, in helping, you know, in, in, uh, in going along for the journey. Because a lot of people love, you know, they love Joe Rogan or they love uh, Ben Patrick. And at the moment, the way economy structured, you can't really interact with that in the way that you would like to. Like you can watch the podcast mm-hmm. and you can buy stuff that they advertise. Um, you can do Ben Patrick's online training. But there, there isn't a deeper level. And, and I, I do believe, I do see that the NFT will offer that deeper level where it's like, yeah, cool. You can have one of these hundred NFTs and once a year, we're going to go hang out somewhere. If that's for Rogan, people are going to pay a million dollars for that. People are going to pay you know, multiple million dollars for that. If that's Ben Patrick, people are going to pay you know, more today than they would have yesterday. Um, those stocks have just gone up. And um, you know, I, I think that the fundamental thing being looking for value. How can I improve this person that I, that I already see value in? Like I'm sure so many people are messaging um, Rogan and the messaging Ben of like, you know, how, how can, how can I help you? Or do you know about this? And, and, and that's probably had a huge positive impact on, on their lives, you know? So mm. that's, that's what, um, that's what I see happening, you know, see happening next. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. The, the best way I've heard of encapsulating that is Gary Vee talked about like, you can kind of look at NFTs and crypto as like your personal IPO. So like you have a chance to take your personal brand and expand that and get people involved and to monetize it in a sense, like the value you're doing and to allow people to pour into you so you can pour into other people. I think that's kind of the big thing when you look at this is like, what is the value you're trying to create? And I think for, for that, there's going to be a different subset of skill sets for everyone. Like if you are a neurosurgeon than like operating on the brain and really understanding that and pouring everything to that, it's going to be your thing. And there are going to be skills involved in that. You have to be good at surgery. You have to understand the brain. You have to understand anatomy. You have to like be able to read like, what does this MRI say? And like, like extrapolate your judgment around that. But I think the more broader problems you're trying to solve, like you say, like helping coaches and the value you're trying to create, it's incumbent upon you to understand, I think two really big things. One, what are your strengths within that arena? And then number two, what are the requisite skill sets that you have to have or topic areas you have to understand to be able to add the value that you want to have? I think if you can solve those two problems, uh, and I like to solve the strengths problem first, because I think that like that allows you to look at the skill sets and say, okay, which one of these really feed into me naturally? And which one of these do I need to bring on a team member? Do I need to kind of outsource? Do I need to figure out? Um, so I can really focus on his inner genius. Number two, the skills, like you have to understand like everything's involved in the mission you wanted like to do and figure out how you, like you or somebody else in your team is going to get good at those. So you can deploy them. Like for you, like, it, like, like finances, like as a coach, like you, you definitely stood out on that and understanding the, the worth of it when like money is something that like a lot of coaches like candidly struggle with, uh, because they pour solely into the craft. So I think that understanding strengths, understanding the skills is two of the biggest things you can do. And like for the strength thing, I can give you an example for this. So like when I look at myself, um, the biggest strength that I think I have is tangential thinking and like solving problems like cross like laterally. But I think to deploy that for me in like the three biggest areas I see, it's like one, it's audio and video learning. 
um, I learn exponentially more from an audio podcast or a video than I do a book. Uh, number two, it is conversations like this where I'm able to deploy that knowledge and start to like pull like pieces together and really make these connections and extrapolate on that. And then number three for me is building. So like I've always loved to build. I love product. Uh, and it allows me to take the people that I'm trying to help, the ideas that I've come up with in conversation and deploy that into a, a tangible or digital solution that I can like use to help people. And like the closer I am to those three things, the better things get. And the more I diverge away from those, the harder things are for me and the slower things move. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing, knowing where it is that, you know, you have positive impact, uh, continuing to expand those areas is, is key. And then those other things, you just need to know just enough to put in the right direction, you know, like in terms of the money stuff, like you don't necessarily need to go and become a world leader in finances or become a world leader in crypto. But if you have the habit of like all the money that comes in, goes back out and then some, and, and so you have like the status of like negative wealth and mm. that's accelerating, then that's probably going to get in the way of your dreams as a coach, you know? So if you have, if you have had, financial education and you know you're becoming more wealthy as you make more money and as you progress in life then good but if you don't have you haven't had that which is 90 something percent of the population who you know tend to be in debt and tend not to have enough money to retire with then you know un, you know learning from some people who, who've who've done okay in that area um you may only need a, a few hundred hours or a few thousand hours you know a thousand hours of education to for that area not to get in the way and so that you can focus i think you know they, they covered again like in the in the rogan patrick podcast they said you know it's, it's good to have money and it's it's good for it not to get in the way of what you want to achieve and that that was like that's the role for money is like you know have it and and use it on whatever you want to use it on but don't let it be a barrier to being who you want to be in life and you know that's really the the biggest reason I became interested in it and kind of committed to it a few years back was like, this is getting in the way of my quality of life. I need to work it out so that it's not in the way anymore. And I did that. And I want other coaches to have that experience as well of like, I know money's going to be okay. You know, I'm on a, I'm on a good path with that. I have a strategy um, and I'm okay with becoming wealthy as well. Like a lot of guys just have a straight out rejection of wealth and they just say, well, yeah, like I can live really simply. Like I don't need a lot. You know, I'm sure Rogan is also can live like that if he, if he wants to, like he, he goes hunting and whatnot, but it doesn't, you know, it's often an excuse to become less valuable, right? Like you don't have to actually create and, and share your ideas because, you know, you don't really want much, you don't want much money. Well, but that also means you're not showing up as your best consistently. So, you know, if, if you did say, yeah, like I'm going to commit to making a billion dollars in my lifetime and I'm not going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep 1% of it, you're still going to become a better person more than likely in the process of, of how you find that billion dollars, because otherwise you're going to end up in jail. You know, if you, if you decide to make a billion dollars without being a good person, then, then you're always going to be looking over your shoulder. Whereas if you decide to make a billion dollars and be, you know, then, and, and, and not go to jail, then, you know, you're going to, uh, you, you're going to go on that path. And I think it's the same thing of like, if you look, if you're watching this and you're thinking, you know, I'd love to launch an NFT, 
how do I become more valuable? How am I going to deliver value to these NFT holders? You know, and then that's like, okay, well, that influences what learning am I doing each day? You know, how am I training? How am I showing up? What connections am I making? You know, how am I adding value to other people's lives? How can I increase that? Like, this is, this is the exciting question. This is the question that I'm, you know, I'm here to answer, you know, here to support people to, to participate with is like, okay, well, yeah, it's cool. Like you, you definitely want the world to be a better place. Now, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do? What do you, what, what have you created? Um, the more we all answer that, then the better it gets, I think. 100%. I think, I think that's a good way to, to round it out because I think that ties really well into how we started this. Um, you have to have your wealth in order to be able to participate in NFTs. They're not going anywhere. They're going to continue to be a big part. But if you're not looking down the road at what they could be and setting yourself up for success, both if you want to be a founder and start a project, then like developing those qualities. But if you want to start to invest, like and your finances aren't in order as a coach, like now is the time. Like this is the wake up call to start to to get things in order to take advantage of these opportunities. Like you want to like you want to be the person that like when the opportunity hits, you have the resources and it's a no brainer to think of that. There are going to be a lot of things that like people are going to continue to be in debt, continue to squander away money. And like these opportunities and a generational opportunity in this is going to continue to pass you by. So I think that like everything Keegan said there is like, it's the biggest reminder you can have. If you want to play the game, you have to be able to sit at the table. And if you want to be able to sit at the table, like you have to have things in order with the value you're providing others, getting value from them monetarily for that to be able to deploy to the things you actually want to do. Love it. Great conversation. Yeah, I think we came back to uh, to a good, sane uh, perspective on, on the, the NFT game. Yeah. Thanks again for today. Uh, awesome, Keegan. Talk to you next week.